Welcome to Game Theory and Money Week 14. Just four of these left in the regular season before we get to the playoffs. And I like to always trick the folks to think they can just skip ahead and not take part in our grabbing of the ass. So uh, quick pick right out the gate, Cynthia. What do you got? I, quick very quickly, QP. QP, QP, I think that there's going to be a lot of points scored in, wait for it, you ready? Houston. Yes. Indianapolis versus Houston. You're vamping. I'm on to you. I'm you not weren't vamping. ready. You I'm didn't just think I was going to give you. I'm ready. I just wanted to make sure. Listen, ever since we were, it was pointed out that they want the highest percentage of something. So That's, I just oh, wanted okay. to absolutely. So you were going through. This is the highest percentage. Yeah, Quick because pick. there's a lot of little decimal points and percentage okay. things on my sheet that's in front of me. So I just wanted to make sure there's one that's 68.5 and there's one that's 69.3. So I wanted to make sure I gave the right one. 69.3 is what exactly. again because I stepped all over it. It's Houston and it, and Indianapolis, lots of points. Okay, I just want to make sure I got this right. A team that scored exactly zero, zero points last week yeah. is going to participate in a contest in which a lot of points are going to be scored. Well, more than you might think. I'm just saying, maybe your model's all hopped up on Grandpa's eggnog or yep, something here. My, my, it's my, the holiday season. Who doesn't love eggnog? Actually, eggnog's kind of gross. It's disgusting. <laughs> Anybody under the age of 60 doesn't love eggnog. That's who. <laughs> All right, so lots of points. There's your quick pick. Indy Houston, if you're new to the show, uh, thank you for trying us out. 10,000 simulations on every single game. That's what Cynthia's model does. She is bright, intelligent, and a math whiz. Predictive analytics is the dance floor in which she struts her moves. And with that, we give you a better idea of how these games should look. How is she on the season? 124-66-2, straight up. Last week, eh. Not bad, not great. Seven, eight, and one against the numbers. So let's see if we can get that up. The good news is your confidence picks are going pretty darn well. Two of three on your confidence picks for the week after struggling with those. Uh, Aaron Rodgers just... really let me down. Well, Aaron Rodgers let a lot of folks down. And I will say I was watching that game with Daniel Jeremiah, our friend from Move the Sticks, and he has been outspoken about his lack of belief in the Packers for about six, eight weeks now. And he says, for whatever reason, the rest of the media has decided to try to paint this picture the Packers are good, and they're not, and he's right. I think that last game illustrated their defense isn't great, their offense isn't great, Aaron Rodgers has not been great this year, and when you mix those three things, oh, by the way, the special teams has been terrible. So mix all those things together, and you get a loss at home against the Cardinals Oof. that nobody saw coming. Nope. So that was your one confidence pick. Yeah, that was the that one that you blowed up. Whatever. On the uh, season, you are 23-18 and 18 on your confidence picks, but as of late, you have been exactly. we streaking. Because we were – listen, again, I took the feedback well. We went with the highest percentage things now, so we're going to get that confidence That's pick right. number That's up. That's what I mean. So we're, we're so, and the number's been up. Paying attention. Speaking of the numbers, Cynthia. Let's get to it. You want to get to it? Freeland's favorites. Absolutely. Uh, as the name suggests, these are the favorites that Cynthia likes this week. Likes the number, likes the team, the Chiefs, and the Ravens at Arrowhead. No Kareem Hunt for the second game this season. The Ravens are streaking. They have won three in a row, and the Chiefs are favored by six and a half. <laughs> the Chiefs are favored by six and a half. I have them winning in 66.3% of the simulations. The most likely score is Chiefs 31-23. So 31-23 is eight points different, which is a higher scoring and more lopsided score than you might imagine. Do you want to know why? Because yeah, I know just, you love play pro, everyone you know I mean? against you, the Chiefs. <laughs> and you can see my face. Uh, I'm processing right now. I guess I guess that 23 points is a lot of points for this Baltimore Ravens offense, I think, because they do like to grind it out, run the ball, limit 
the possibility for turnovers from Lamar Jackson. But, man, against this Chiefs D, I'm just I'm coming off an Oakland team that scored 33. You know, obviously the Rams they are converted, great. They converted, wait 54. for it, 75% yeah. of their third downs last week. Oakland did. What? <laughs> Which is a little out of character for them, A. And, B, the Chiefs defense isn't terrible on third down. It's like one of the only categories where they're not terrible. Except um, they were terrible last week. Yes, exactly. But that happens. You know, <laughs> it I mean, does. It, 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 uh, does. it happens. And, and by the way, when great offense and great defense tangle, oh boy, that's what we got. Defenses travel. Wins. Pack up the Ravens. Put them in the right? plane. Defenses travel. You know, I hate defenses travel. So right? I think I'm going to push back. I think I'll take the Ravens. But go ahead. Let's get to your keys because they're a lot more important than just my no. eyeball and gut. Look. Well, first of all, a divisional game last week. Divisional games are when weird things typically happen sure. the most. So that not that I'm saying it's okay that what happened with the Raiders in terms of projecting the future of the defense for the Chiefs, but I do think in this game this week against the Ravens, who have a great defense, number five in limiting big plays, number one on yards per play, meaning the fewest yards per play, I still think the Chiefs' big plays, so 20-plus receptions 10 plus rushes that's the difference maker because they have them in three phases of the game I understand they're missing Kareem Hunt and he was according to pro football focus he has the highest rate in the league of forcing missed tackles but I will say that Spencer Ware now he's got a chance to acclimate they've got Kendrick West in there the turmoil that happened on Friday of last week is now 10 days ago and in football 10 days is a long time so ultimately for me this one is a sort of a get right sort of now we're going to see what's going on Chiefs O-line has been playing really well Travis Kells is going to be a huge factor in this game I just think that their ability on that offense to have great high offensive output is greater than the Ravens offensive output and I understand that Lamar Jackson and I understand Joe Flacco actually was practicing so I'm I'm I don't know if he's going to be active or not but I have Lamar Jackson factored in this one they rush all the time with him. I understand that's I, I understand that's a weakness of the Chiefs' defense, but I, I still think in this one it is a Chiefs get right game at home. I just disagree. Yeah, no, I, I look because I I just I buy into the defense. I don't. I'm not saying the Ravens are going to win this game, but it won't surprise me if they do. Uh, Spencer Ware, he's a Jag. You know, I mean, Kareem Hunt was special. And For a second, Spencer I thought you Ware, meant like he's a Jaguar. I'm like, what? No, right, <laughs> like just did he get traded? What happened? Just a guy. He's and look, you can win games with with. With guys at running back, you can, you know, and it's and we see it repeatedly. Look, it's why the Chiefs decided, you know, not to draft an Ezekiel Elliott, Elliott in the top five, but instead take Kareem Hunt in the third round, and he ends up winning the Rookie of the Year or something like that. Not, did he win the Rookie? No, he won no, the rushing but title. Whatever. Same, but you, but know. you know what I'm saying. I, right. I, he Kareem Hunt is, was a special back and fit perfectly into that offense and helped keep defenses off balance because the second you start playing for the big play and the Cheetah running down the field and Travis Kelsey running up the scene, Kareem Hunt gashes you for six, seven yards of carry, and I just don't see Spencer Ware doing that and. Again, you want the fancy stats, whatever. They're just stats. But for 25 seasons, you got a top three offense versus a top three defense after week 14. Guess which one wins? The defense. One and seven is the offense against the defense. Right. So this Look, is a really, really good defense that's coming I'm in with there. You. Pat Mahomes hasn't really faced one of those yet. It is a really, really good defense. However, Pat Mahomes and this offense is a really really good offense and it wasn't just Kareem Hunt that made them really really good the first few games of the season you didn't see that extra output from Hunt it was kind of he had a sleepy start you saw it against the Chargers week one sleepier start I think the scheme familiarity with Spencer Ware is what gets them past this sort of gigantic change in their roster 
Yeah, I mean, if you want to go, you know, what are the great defenses they faced this year? Um, one, even though Joey Bosa wasn't there, the Chargers. They scored 38 against the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Seven of those were a punt returned by, by Tyreek Hill. Seven of those were basically a fumbled punt on the three-yard line by an undrafted rookie uh, that was cashed in for a touchdown. And then you got the Broncos, who held them. To 27. I will say, though, um, so, the Chiefs defense isn't going to look as poor as it did last week against the Raiders at all. You've seen the Chiefs defense come on. D. Ford, his ability to generate pressure is something that is not to be overlooked. There are good spots to this defense. It's not like – I'm not saying it's the best defense in the league by any stretch, but it's not – you know, you're not looking at a Ravens offense that has dynamic pass catchers on every level. You're not looking at great tight end that's going to crush you in the middle of the field. You're not looking at a very consistent run game. It's, it is getting no. more consistent, but you but haven't seen the consistency yet. Just to wrap it up for, mm-hmm. for my position, since I like we it. rarely no, I like disagree it. on these I things, like it. I'll, I'll push back with, you know, the only reason, the, the only category they're good in is sacks because they end up jumping teams and they force them into obvious passing downs Mm -hmm. so they can play obvious passing downs. But every other metric, they're pretty bad. Um, And and I shouldn't say pretty, they're really bad. So that's where I think a really good D, conservative offense that's not going to give it up, that has that X factor of Lamar Jackson running around and eluding them, can keep this thing tight. I, I, I genuinely believe that. I just don't think the Chiefs have faced anything like this. I'm waiting for it to happen because um, i got to believe it's going to happen. Um, and I think between this game, the following Thursday night against the Chargers D that's really settled in, and then having to go to Seattle, I'm anxious to see this three-game stretch for the Chiefs. And if they can navigate all that, then yes, guess what? Offense rules. It did in the Super Bowl I, between yeah. the Eagles and the, the Patriots, and it continues through 2018. I, I guess I just believe – that the ability for Patrick Mahomes to stun you, he doesn't get rattled by pressure. He doesn't. I mean, he, he obviously there have been turnovers. We saw that in the Rams game, but he doesn't. Yeah, Rams get, game. We didn't. He doesn't get rattled in the sense of like he doesn't start throwing like horrible checkdowns to crazy people, right? He he can get crushed, but it's not. It's he he still seems he's looking. He's checking all of his reads. I rewatched a film with someone who knows this firsthand, and he's like, he's still making all his reads even after being just crushed and, you know, allowing that defense to score a touchdown. I think we got to see. To me, it's like okay. this is still a special offense. It's yes, we're missing Kareem Hunt, and we saw some some crap last week. It's a technical term, but ultimately, I believe it's that's a math term. Math hashtag math hashtag crap. <laughs> Probably the more I, I would say, just on on its face, the yep. most intriguing game of the week. So yeah, Agreed. we spent ten minutes on it or wherever it was. Uh, we will move on and likely move a lot faster. Even Let's though, just again, it's playoff time, so we're probably going to take a minute or two mm-hmm. on a lot of the games that have serious playoff implications. Uh, this one, I guess, you could sell the idea that it's got serious playoff implications because the Saints lost home field advantage, and we know how special they are in that dome last week when they dropped one to Dallas on Thursday night. This time they travel. To Tampa, uh, what do you have? The Saints are favored by eight. Do you like them by eight or more? I do. I like the Saints. So I have the Saints winning in 73.3% of the simulations. By the way, uh, of the things that I've picked over 70% on this season, so the confidence has been over 70%, do you know what my record is on that? Just, just I'm going to go with 0 and 40. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's about that. 81%. Okay. So it's a it's so pretty good. So this one you got at seventy three yep. plus percent. Seventy three percent that the Saints win this game. The most by likely. More than eight. Well, I didn't say that, but I just oh. said by the Saints win. The Saints to win the game. What's I have, your percentage on the Saints win by more than eight? Um, it's sixty six point five percent. Okay. So That's I have the, the most I'm likely score in. as thirty one twenty one. But remember, if we only need to know eight, right? So more than eight in sixty six point five percent of the simulations. 
and I okay. don't have it being a super high scoring game, 31-21. I mean, you can look at it like that and be like, well, that's 52 points. But ultimately, if you were to use a magic number of, oh, say, 56, it goes below that in 68.6% of the simulations. Okay. And that is the key number mm-hmm. in this game, it is a key So you magic have it low number. scoring, but you have Saints uh, by 10 and the, the difference here is it's really all about turnovers. So the Saints' ability to scheme to avoid pressure. We did see the the Bucks get great pressure on Cam Newton last week, forcing those four turnovers. But the Drew Brees and, and the Saints look three interceptions. That's second fewest in the league. Ten total turnovers. That's second fewest in the league for this offense. Yes, we saw Drew Brees get picked off last week against the Cowboys, but the low turnover rate and their way that they're getting to this, you know, the way that they're generating that just overwhelmingly is more greater arrow, greater arrow than what the Bucks have going on. The Bucks have been really inconsistent and they have the most turnovers in the NFL, 30 turnovers. So yeah. the turnovers are the biggest thing here. And they've won games when they don't. Look, last week they ran into a buzzsaw. Last week it was Thursday night. It was on the road. It was nationally televised. It was crazy hype. They faced the number two scoring defense in the league and the number five overall defense in the league. Yep. This week they are not going into the Jerry Dome on prime, you know, in prime time on Thursday night, and they're taking on the number 30th scoring defense and the number 27th overall mm-hmm. defense in the league. So I'm willing to crumple up that Thursday night or throw it out, call it an outlier, and watch the Saints get back to doing what they do. Actually, you know, I've been trying to look and see, like, when is the most ideal time to lose a game? And I, I definitely think, like, with enough weeks to kind of get right, I, I'm going to – I'm getting back to you on this, but it kind of spurred something. It's like, okay, so we know, like, you know, winning the whole season is very improbable. So if you're going to lose, like, when's it good to lose and, like, how? You know what I mean? Like, what's the good way to lose so that you actually like have the best chance of rebounding? So I don't so think this is so a many bad way to lose. I think I, that's a tough one to, to, find... try to, pr- to quantify. You know who likes variables? Me. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> you know who doesn't? You. Sean Shoppy, our producer. <laughs> Sean hates the, him. Uh, here, here's here's a variable. Uh, week 13, the Saints offense: 10 points, 176 yards, and 111 <laughs> pass yards. Uh, the other 12 weeks that they played football. How about nearly 40 points, over 400 yards, and almost 300 yards? little different. Yards. A little yeah, different. you pick the one that you want to lean on, and I am with you. As I said, uh, most of the time we But they lost the to the Bucks week one. They lost to the Bucks week one. They did, but that was so. a weird game. I know. Remember, that was the Fitzpatrick game, and he was <laughs> playing out of his head. Anyway. That's right. That's right. And All right, Giants, Jackson was playing. No D-Jack, so. The Giants believe, after beating the Bears, that they still have a chance. Giants sure. at Redskins. They are four and so eight. They saying have won there's three a of chance. their last four. I'm saying there's a chance. <laughs> the Giants are favored by three and a half. Uh, they are taking on either Josh Johnson or Mark Sanchez at quarterback. You like the Giants by? So by. Giants win 61.6% of the simulations. The most likely score, 24-17 in that one. So they are more than three and a half points. Winners in 59.4% of the simulations stay away from trying to add up any sort of, you know, scores and trying to figure out the, the, the sort of the magic number on this one. I'm staying away from that. Why? Why? I mean, you named it all, right? So the quarterback is? Mark Sanchez. Right. Or Josh Johnson. I understand that the that the Redskins are 6-6, six and six, and I understand that when I look at that number, people get furious when they put out my playoff projection. Like, the Redskins are six and six. That's not that bad. They're, you know, there's we have still have a chance. I'm, nope, you don't. I'm sorry. No. Too many yeah. injuries. Your O line's decimated. You're playing with a quarterback who was probably playing Fortnite last week, right? He's on your roster now, right? Not Josh great. Josh Johnson. Yeah, 
I think he was playing like maybe maybe he's a Madden guy, maybe Fortnite. I don't know. That's my guess. And then your whole your your wide receivers, your, your Paul Richardson's got like your you're really kind of it's 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 not a great situation. You have Mark Sanchez who has more interceptions than he has games started. Oh, I, what's your stat about career. him that you love bringing up? Come on, uh, say it again. I don't again. like bringing up any negative stats. No. You know what my stat is about Mark Sanchez? Guess what? Be a nice guy. If you're a nice guy, you find yourself employed. That's that's the key because uh, he is known as one of the better backups when it comes to preparing starters. Uh, he's known as a good guy in the quarterback room. And Great. while you look at his statistics, what's uh, it? What's interception? One point two interceptions per game. Got it. That's the one I'm that's, talking about. Uh, so he's so what you're saying is near, stream the Giants. It's uh, exactly stream the Giants defense if you can pick it up in your leagues and you will likely prosper, especially since they uh, put it on Chase Daniel last week uh, for 17 fantasy points, yeah. the second most. They're bringing the in a lot of pressure. Their, their effective pressure rate went up way high last week. It was impressive. And even though the Redskins have a very good offensive line, even though it's decimated, uh, you got Mark Sanchez back there who likes to turn it's the ball over. Okay, let's it's go. unfortunate. It is unfortunate. Let's go Lions at Cardinals. Uh, no playoff in- implications in this one. But, hey, if you're nope. interested, the Lions are favored by two and a half. It is in the <laughs> desert. And you like the Lions, huh? I do. Ugh. Lions win 24-21. Lions win in only 58.3% of the simulations. They win by more than two and a half points in 57.2% of the simulations. Blah, blah. Ultimately, to me, the defense in this one makes the big difference. If you remember, Christian Kirk, he has been put on IR. And make sure you have a contingency plan if on Johnson, who probably won't play from everything I've seen. So if you're planning on using him in fantasy, you need to figure out a contingency plan. Those are my biggest notes in this game. Lions defense makes a difference, but that's it. Yeah, the one, the one, um, the one wild card in this, I think, is just how good Chandler Jones is at rushing the passer <laughs> and how bad – Matt Stafford has been with the football this season. Yeah. Um, it has oh, been I definitely think, listen, I definitely think the Lions could lose this game. Like, again, this is the mean fan or the, I'm actually a pretty normal Lions fan. They could definitely lose this game. I mean, they've lost five of six, so certainly wouldn't <laughs> surprise anybody if they travel across the country, take on a guy who I, I believe Chandler Jones has led the sacks. If you go back to the start of 2017, I think he is still your NFL leader ahead of Von Miller. Uh, if you go back to the start of last season, include this season, Jones, is still the guy. And, you know, I watched him for, you know, while the game was competitive against the Chargers for the first quarter and a half. He's great. He's dominant. You got to help him. I mean, you have to double team him. You have to chip him with a tight end. You got to help out with a back. He is an absolute beast. These are and still NFL teams. There's, there's going to be good players on it. I just think yeah. it's funny. Like, well, the game was competitive for a quarter. Yeah, oh, yeah. They quit. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't like saying that about teams, but yeah, they quit when the uh, middle of the third quarter. Save Robert Kemdichi, who had an outlier game for him. And by the way, I'd like to point out, Kemdichi, if you're interested, save. Actually, no, I think, and, and I'm sure he wouldn't be happy if you heard me say it. I would say save Willie McGinnis, but I think even more so than Willie McGinnis. Much like if you meet um, rugby players or Australian rules football players, their body mass is just so dense. Mm-hmm. If you if you just shake their hands or you feel the way they're constructed, <laughs> Kimdichi's that guy. He yeah. is the most dense, constructed human being I have ever been around at the Combine. And it's, it's it was obvious why the Cardinals selected him in the first round. With that athleticism... And that power and density in his body, I can only imagine what it feels. Heck, I mean, no thanks. his leg whip was like a telephone pole when it hit Melvin Gordon and just launched him in the air. It was just a freak injury. He was trying to tackle Austin or- uh, Eckler. He bit on the fake, and as he was going to the ground, his leg just went horizontal, and uh, Gordon tripped over. Anyway, uh, I think I take the Cardinals. 
I think I, even though I, I watched you know Ziggy what? Ansah really rough I up do Jared math, Goff so in the last game. Math says Lions, but I'm with you. I mean, my gut is like, yeah, it's going to be a Cardinals win. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, now, okay, from that to from a that to one legitimate that, conversation, we right. can have a huge playoff implication yes, game. One huge. of the toughest places to play. The Monday Nighter Vikings at Seahawks. Man, the mm. Vikings have been on a freaking gauntlet of games. I mean, they had Sunday night football at Chicago. Uh, what was the game against Green Bay? Was that Sunday night football as well, or what was? Yes, it was it, a, I don't know if it was Sunday or it was prime it was time game. Though. It was a prime time game because remember the I saw this Elias stat that was awesome because it was like uh, Kirk Cousins has a chance to be the first quarterback to go back to back weeks and beat Aaron Rodgers, and then it was like something like Aaron Rodgers and Rodgers, then Rodgers, Brady, and then and Brady and like, like yeah. in a row. And I'm like, well, how many times has that ever happened? It's like five. I'm like okay, yeah, well, that's I mean. a that's just a tough stretch. Bears, <laughs> Packers, Patriots. Seahawks, At, and they finally kind of right. get through this call. So what do we have? Here we go. The uh, the number, Seahawks are favored by three. That's a crazy three number. at I home, think. so yep. basically I think it's low. I, that's what I say. So I have yeah. the Seahawks winning in 57.5% of the simulations. Most likely score, Seahawks 26-21. Seahawks win by more than a field goal is 54.8% of the simulations. That, that was low for me, like, gut-wise, but I did look, you know, I, I obviously looked into it. And ultimately, and by the way, you're totally right about the playoff implications. For me, this most likely determines who's the five and who's the six seed in the in the NFC. So that's so you have both of these teams making in it. the playoffs. Little yep. preview there, huh? Little, little preview. Sneak peek at the playoff predictor. We call that a tease in the business. You, you know, you've heard of that's that. I can teach you something. <laughs> Absolutely. You know what a tease is in radio? I always blow them though before we go to commercial. I just I ruin them. I uh, share. What the information is. You're supposed to hook it through the break, my man. <laughs> boss says to me. Um, all right, so let's get into some of the details. Uh, why do you have the Seahawks favored by three, winning by more than three? What's the best way to stop a good pass rush? Vikings defense have a great pass rush. What's the best way to stop it? Run the run ball. Run right at it. Yep, run right at it. And no one has run more than the Seahawks. They average 148.8 yards per game. The Minnesota O-line is the other point that's the problem. So it's kind of like an O-line. It's like a trenches game for me and Minnesota's O-line is a minus for them you saw what happened with Khalil Mack when you started to see some great pressure against them and also you know I was mad that they didn't use the huddle I've brought this up now they couldn't use the the no huddle and I don't think they're gonna be able to hear in Seattle that's not a great place to try to run a no huddle offense no the 12s yeah so it's gonna be difficult to communicate so if someone doesn't understand what they're doing or if they're not on the same page or if it's late in the game or they change a script somehow to me those are the two things that project for higher potential turnovers for Minnesota higher potential for Minnesota to not have a good yards per play average and really it's it's all about the Seahawks in this one offense I mean when you look at when you look at their losses right two tight losses to a division opponent in the Rams really tight losses mm-hmm. I mean right down to the final series essentially. They lost to the Chargers when the Chargers started to really hit their stride. Um, and they still had a hell of a rally to darn near get back into that one. Mm-hmm. Um, they lost to the number one defense in the league in the Chicago Bears, and then they lost in week one, which week one is always like a whatever. Uh, you know, the, the the Saints lost to the Buccaneers in week one. It's a pretty good team. Um, yep. And I think, you know, the 7-5 and record is a little bit deceiving. And when you actually look at those five losses, it's like, oh, hey, it's uh, those don't look as bad as as you would think. So I'm uh, I'm with you. I think this Seahawks team is good. I think they beat the the Vikings, and they got a chance to win out and and end up the season at 11 and five because they're bringing Kansas City there. Uh, and you know, December 23rd probably going to be rainy, sleety. Um, you Ugh, know, not kind of like a, it is here today. Really, yeah, muck up the game um, where it's a little bit harder to run around and air it out. 
you know, 50 times or whatever they would prefer to See, do. See, that's with a game where the no Kareem Hunt could be a bigger problem. Right. Right. So I'm with you. I think I think the the Seahawks are kind of at that beginning of not only a run to to get into the playoffs, but the run to be the proverbial ooh, that's the team nobody wants to face in the division round because obviously they're not going to win the division with the Rams having already clinched it. Um, and they're going to be a wild card team that's probably going to scare the snot out of uh, one of those bottom two seeds. And also the division, you know, the the two by teams, the Saints and the Rams. I know, gosh, can you imagine if you're the Rams, you end up with the number one seed and you got to try to beat a Seahawks team that lost you by two in one game, five in another for a third time. That is just a brutal freaking draw in the uh, in the postseason. One thing to monitor in this game, though, is a sneaky passing stat on Seattle that I found. They've been averaging allowing 315 passing yards per game in the past four games, and that's number two over this time period, which has like, gone up significantly. Obviously, they've been in closer games. People have had to stay throwing to get competitive, all these things, but 25.8 points allowed as well is some just something to watch here. Their pass defense – especially when you start seeing these really pass-happy, really good offenses. Like, obviously, Minnesota, it's going to be, will they be able to get those wide receivers going? We've seen Adam Thielen kind of be, you know, limited quite a bit. You know, Stephon Diggs has been in and out of the game from injury. So that's going to be something to monitor in this one going forward to just see just how high the ceiling on the Seahawks is going to be. I'll tell you what's interesting to me, too, just real quick to wrap this up, is that it – that, you know, this win streak has not come because of Russell Wilson finally coming around to rush. You know, we, we mentioned this before, yeah, I, I know, on the pod, where he is on pace to rush for not just the fewest number of times in his career in any season, but by like half. Mm-hmm. His lowest before was 94. He is currently through 13 games or through 12 games at 45. So even though they're winning, you know, last week, four rushes. Week before, three rushes. Week before that, five rushes. So it's not like he's changed anything. It's just that that everything's kind of starting to click for this team. Um, and using their and, running backs, too, has been one of the ways that they've been kind of overcoming a not-so-great O-line. So that masks it, right? Creative yeah, use of their right running backs. It. To run right at it. Like, that's one of the things. Let's not kill Russell Wilson. Let's use our running backs in ways that make sure that this O-line, which was – it's not that different from years past. It's just that they've masked it well through strategy. It's a really smart yeah, strategy. Yeah, it's it's still it's still a pretty terrible pass yeah, blocking. It's line. not a great, um, line but it's at a all. decent run blocking line. I mean, Dwayne Brown's not bad at left tackle, but the right side and they just lost Fluker. That right side, Fetty, ugh. I mean, it's just been it's been bad. Yep. Um, and even Justin Britt hasn't been great at the center position. Anyway, um. There we go. All right, so we move on to the <laughs> Thursday night football game. Sorry, got there stuck go. there. No, uh, <laughs> Jags, Titans. Titans still alive at 6-6. Six and six, still alive. And the Jags coming off shutting out one of the hottest teams in football, the Indianapolis Colts. The number, Titans are favored by four. It is in Nashville. You have what? I have the Titans winning in 63.3% of the simulations. The most likely score is Titans 23, Jags 18. So if the magic number of four you talked about, they're more than they win by more than four in 59% of the simulations. And I think that's kind of a higher scoring game, even though it's not a high scoring game. It's a higher scoring game than you might imagine out of these two teams. And okay. by the way, you when you brought up the playoff keys? stuff, yeah. It, it's really kind of it's really interesting, especially with the unfortunate loss of Emmanuel Sanders today to an Achilles. Yeah. He's on IR. Um, that could actually change. So we run the playoff simulations. Like, this is a tease for what's coming up ahead too. But we run this playoff simulations. Like what happens if this team wins or if this team loses or whatever. And the the, the Titans are still alive. Their Titans are still absolutely alive. So this is an important game. 
just going to point out that a team won a game last week in which they had a total of 229 yards of offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, zero touchdowns. Nope. 229 in 2018. A yep. team won a game with a single field goal in the first half and the second half is something that we are not used to seeing, let alone one against an Andrew Luck-led squad and a quarterback who had thrown three touchdown passes in eight of his 11 games. We're going to throw that, that one back. We're going to throw that kind of out. You know, yeah. I, I think that was an anomaly for for the Colts offense because, by the way, you're, the Colts defense only allowing six points to field goals, that's not a bad defensive outing by any stretch no but it was Cody Kessler it was no Leonard Fournette it was I mean that Jags offense is bad that's why I don't give them any chance in this one I know the Titans look terrible against the Jets and they needed to have some frantic rally in the fourth quarter Uh, Marcus Mariota just like it it was just a typical it looked like he was at Oregon that run you know just eluding defenders juking them four or five different times to get down the field and put them in that position to win by no means have they inspired a lot of confidence in their potential of making a run back into the wild card uh spot but the Jags I just I can't do it with Cody Kessler and I know Leonard Fournette's coming back but man that offense looked terrible last week yeah so an interesting stat here is that the Titans run the third most often on first down but they average the fewest yards per rush Bill figured this one out for me so I'm pointing it out it's an interesting it's an interesting note because they're gonna have to change their play call a bit because it's kind of like the they're taking a play out of the Jags book a little bit right so (laughs) so ultimately it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to me to see if they can kind of get that going because now that you have both Ramsey and AJ Boye both playing Ramsey's actually gonna be back to his spot to his side they're not gonna ask him to move around or do any of the things that they were doing earlier this season when Boye was out we've seen huge increase there and then Mariota throws not to Ramsey, so he has 12 targets and 128 snaps. That's Pro Football Focus that got that one to us. There but ultimately, PFF. right, it's like it's such a small – he throws away from him. So it's going to be like, all right, Boye, let's see who lines up against Boye in the passing game. So that's that's kind of going to be an interesting – that's going to be an interesting one there too because Titans not known for their big play offense. All right, let's go to the most lopsided number of the week. The yep. Chargers uh, favored by two touchdowns against a decimated Cincinnati squad that has lost so much over the course of the season after uh, a heck of a 4-1 and one start. Just bodies started falling. It was real. Just attrition got them, and uh, they've won a single game uh, since that 4-1 and one start. They are 1-6 and six since and just have been getting hammered by teams too. The Broncos, the Cleveland Browns went in there and humiliated them. And now they have to travel to one of the most well-rounded teams, offense, defense, and special teams in the league. So what do you have? The Chargers winning in 82.2% of the simulations. I have the score being 33-17. You said two touchdowns. That actually only happens in 50.5% of the simulations. And only the only reason for that is I just think they're gonna. it's just going to be a slower pace game than we've seen. <laughs> 33 points is still a lot. But 14 points is also a lot. So ultimately for me, it could be even more lopsided. I'm far more certain of the fact that the Chargers win than that gigantic number. I would just say the way it matches up, the reason why I do think they'll 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 uh win by more than that. Big plays. Because oh, I'm the Chargers with you, are number two in big plays. The Chiefs are Chiefs. The Chiefs are number one, but the Chargers are number two <laughs> in big plays. The Bengals, I believe, are second or third give up. I don't remember. I was just putting my board together. I think they give up the second or third most big plays. So I expect like at least two of those 
Austin Eckler in the flat goes for 40 yards and a touchdown. Tyrell Williams, you know, after taking a knee and you, you get a first and 10 from the 25, 75-yard touchdown. I could see a couple of those coming that just get this thing out of reach. And also, I, I'm, not, I think, I'm not wrong. I don't – I mean, yeah. look. I, I just, that's just that, – that's why right. I think it, it's such a big number, 14 in an NFL game, even with backups. Uh, I can just see this one looking a lot like that Arizona game did just because they have so many weapons and they can pour it on in such a hurry. Um, and the way the defense has been playing, forced three and outs with Bosa and Ingram together now. I just, my, you know, obviously I know that Hugh Jackson is your favorite coach in the league. And oh. I just know that, like, Hugh is going to have He'll a revenge game special, against huh? you, right? He's just going to make yeah. it because he knows you're going to be calling the game. He knows you're going to be there. So Hugh has so many defensive, like, just absolutely, yeah. like, crazy it's things planned for you. So that's really why the 14. Oh, here we go. Now I got it. I'm going to pull up the uh, the Bengals defense. That's what uh, Hugh's specialty is this season. All right. Defense overall, last. Scoring, last. Against the run, last. Third down, last. Against the pass, 31st. Way to go. Big plays, 29th. <laughs> yards per play, 20. Way to go. Ninth. Yeah, and you're doing it without A.J. Green uh, and with yeah. a backup quarterback in Jeff. But Driscoll. you know what I do like? We, we In my um, – look at our, like, Google Doc, right? Biggest reason why uh-huh. the team wins is a joke. Did you see what I wrote to you? Yeah, Northwestern, you and your wacky <laughs> wildcat. Hey, look, Justin Jackson played great last week. He did. And, uh, he was great in the preseason and – he Coach looked, Fitz got Ten. him coached up. Think about the backs the Big Ten has Melvin produced. Gordon, there's another one for oh, you. How about just take all those Wisconsin <laughs> yeah. backs? Ron, Dane, Melvin. I just And I'm talking about in their college careers, right? So think about Ezekiel college Elliott. careers of, yeah, Biaka Batuka, you know, <laughs> Anthony Thomas. I mean, all those great Michigan Duckett. backs. TJ Duckett, oh, wait. <laughs> right? Archie Manning, two-time Heisman winner. <laughs> Archie Manning. Uh, uh, God, help me out. I just What am I saying? I got Archie, Archie Manning on my brain on yeah, there you go, Archie Griffin. That's Bill. He told me he mounted to Two-time me. Two-time uh, Heisman winner, Archie Griffin. And Justin Jackson is your all-time yeah. rushing leader. Darnell Autry. Hmm? You like that one? I did. I thought my T.J. Duckett was pretty funny. <laughs> T.J. Duckett's good. Let's go Michigan State. Um, so there you go. Justin Jackson, the Big Ten's all-time leading rusher and a very good runner. And I think you're going to get a heavy dose of him. I think you're going to see Austin Eckler go back to his familiar role, you know, between those 12 and 15 touches and a lot of them in the passing game. Good news for you and good news for this guy because I've said it before. My older brother got to go to an Ivy League school, and he got the braces. This guy, his dad put him on a fast track to be either a janitor or a laborer, and his great hope for me was that I would make it to Master Carpenter someday and maybe be able to have a nice family, settle down up the street on the south side of Chicago from him with my crooked teeth. But guess what? Good news. Candid makes convenient and I'm getting in on this. I am. I will I will let you watch my path to straighten teeth that eluded me in childhood because my older brother got the braces money. Candid makes convenient, affordable, easy to straighten your teeth systems that we can all afford. I'm going to say that again. Candid's clear aligners sent directly to your home, customized specifically for you to fix and straighten your teeth. It's easy to use. You use their at-home modeling kit. They send back you send back your impressions and some photos. The highly trained orthodontists then review your specific case. They get you a 3D preview of what your treatment will look like. After you receive that, you decide if you want to move forward or not. You can talk to a real person at any time if you have questions. They'll even set up a video call to walk you through the modeling process when you're doing it. The treatment takes an average, how about this, six months. That means I can do it in the off-season for football. Six months is all it takes, and it costs 65% less than braces. 
literally will save you thousands of dollars. Wouldn't Ralph and Tony be excited if they heard that? So Those excited. Parents. I've, I know. <laughs> I knew I'm going to do it. Figured it out. I am I doing can't it. wait. Be, like, teeth are the best. Good teeth are the best. Yeah, that's because you've got great teeth. Well, I paid for them. Of them I paid way too much for them because exactly. orthodontist Dr. Wong was very expensive. We that's didn't right. have Candid back in the Not 30s candid. when I got braces. And guess what? Cindy, when she smiles, her teeth look a lot better than mine. That's why I don't smile a lot, and she does. She should show those things off. You're one step away, as I am, from getting straighter, wider teeth. Take advantage of Candid's risk-free modeling kit guarantee. Visit CandidCo, that's C-A-N-D-I-D-C-O.com, slash Game Theory. You're going to save 25% on that modeling kit. Again, that's CandidCo.com, slash Game Theory. Save the 25%. CandidCo.com, slash Game Theory. 25% off the price of that modeling kit. Uh, do it uh, with models me. Models we'll and all... great teeth. What would exactly. make me happier? Nothing. Those are two of my very favorite things on the planet. We will That's not all a joke. <laughs> start our journey together, our candid journey together. That's the plan. Oh, and by the way, they'll make your teeth whiter too. Smile, Cindy. Do it, Cindy. <laughs> Look at that thing. When I compliment you, I have to say Cindy, so it's more like a brother-sister thing. You know? Like, Hey, Cindy, come on. Mom said I'm driving you to school. Shake it. Let's go. We're going to be Shake late. It. <laughs> like I when you made fun of me my on homeroom TV teacher's last been week. on me lately. Like when you talked when you made fun of me on TV last week for saying creamed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's going to get creamed. creamed. <laughs> All right. Let's do some fantasy futures. Fantasy playoffs this week. Uh I am making a run at my third Experts League championship. Ooh. This guy right here. You know what I'm supposed to be, Cynthia? I'm supposed to be a smile. I'm supposed to be a sweater, a haircut on that show. And what do I do? <laughs> Dominate those dopes. You are the eye candy. I'm going to do it again. That's exactly where they hired Perfect. me. Yeah, exactly. Darn right. So who do we got? Fantasy futures, All right, you're gonna touchdowns. Rate, you're going to rate how spicy. Okay. All right. Adam yep. Humphreys versus New Orleans. Uh, that is a boiled potato. Guys had touchdowns the last three weeks. Larry Fitzgerald versus Detroit. Ooh, I'll give you like a nice tahine spice on that okay. one. Not not hot, but a spice just because he had a touchdown and, and Christian Kirk is down. And it's Larry Fitzgerald. Dante right. Pettis versus Denver. Okay, we got an injury to Chris Harris, but you got that pass rush. Going to have to deal. Nick Mullen's going to have to deal with Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. Uh, okay, I'll give you some spice on that. I'll give okay. you like a nice okay. Frank's Red Hot. All right, how about Curtis Samuel versus Cleveland? Ooh, Curtis Samuel, not DJ Moore. I'm more of a Curtis Samuel kind of believer, based I'll give on where. a little bit more spice on that. I'll because go you know away, what? Uh, there are some good Denzel Ward. You know where he's probably going to go? DJ Moore's way. That's Just what I'm saying. saying. So all right, I'll go. Uh, I'll go nice jalapeno there. Okay. What else? Uh, this one. This one. I think I'm going to get you. Robbie Anderson versus Buffalo. Yeah, that's Ghost Pepper. Mike Chop. That's that's Ghost Pepper. Well done. <laughs> to the dogs, the games that you like. The underdogs, you're uh, you're rolling with the points. Eagles and Cowboys, boys favored by three and a half, but you like the birds, the uh, Eagles. Oh, well, I like Why? The, and what's well, I the like score? the Cowboys to win in 60.2% of the simulations, but I think it's closer. So Cowboys 24, Eagles 21. I went through, I did a lot of stuff on this game because it has such a monstrous implication. So in my model, only 77% or in 77% of my playoff simulations, only one team from the NFC East makes it to the playoffs. So whoever wins the NFC East, like they're the only one going. And this could be the game that absolutely solidifies that. So for me, this one was a really big deep dive. And it's ultimately, obviously, Dallas's defense that's going to really make the big difference in this one. Ultimately, oh, we, we do this on game day morning, too, by the way. This is my game day morning. This is your game on game day morning? <laughs> yep. It's With big Rich. Deal. With Rich, and yeah. And Mooch. And Mooch. And Mike. And Irv. And, and Kurt. Kurt. Yep. 
Okay. All those people. So makes sense. So it's, look, uh, yeah, I, I, it's it's the game of the week because it's an elimination game for the Eagles if they lose. Uh, I think the most compelling game of the week is Ravens Chiefs, but this is definitely the this one has game of the huge week. playoff implications. So you know, look, the difference if the if the Cowboys win this game, which I have them favored to do, it's like you know over seven. It's over for the Eagles. Yeah, it's over. For if the if they win this, it is over for the Eagles because they have to go to L.A. to play the Rams. They yeah. have to take on the Texans at Texans, home. Yep. So, and you look at the Cowboys, they get uh, at Indianapolis, Tampa at home, at the Giants. Yep. Much easier road, on paper Much. at least, for the Cowboys. So, this is a huge one. Now, if they do get this win and both teams are 7-6, and six, mm-hmm. now it's interesting. Yeah. You but know, if you Now look, it gets interesting. But if you look through the comps, so the way the model works is it looks through the comps, like which team looks like which team and what happened when Team X faced a team that with attributes like Team Y in the past. So with defenses like Dallas's, so great pressures that are coming from all over the defensive front, rangy linebackers that can get all over the place to stop the run, those two factors were the main things that put them over the top against teams that look like the Eagles, so teams that have inconsistent run games excellent tight ends and no real number one wide receiver. So it was the defense that really, that was, that's what solidified the win, but it does. I do have it staying closer ultimately because this is a must win for the Eagles. And we've seen them pull out some crazy tricks in the past. I got Avante Maddox. I've got Sidney Jones. Yep. I've got Jalen Mills. I've yep. got Devante Bosby. Uh-huh. I've got Rasul Douglas. Yep. Shandon Sullivan. And Cravon LeBlanc. Yep. That is your Philly secondary yep. these days after losing their top five corners this season. Bet they wish you could have Patrick Robinson back, huh, from the Saints? Slot it's corner. crazy what they have lost this mm-hmm. season. Uh, not that Dak is some sort of deft passer and can pick you apart through the air, but Mario Cooper's a pretty good receiver. And uh, Ezekiel Elliott's a pretty darn good back catching passes out of the backfield, so... When That's I look at their defense and they do computer vision on this, the Eagles' defense, though, they haven't been running a lot of different formations. They kind of have, like, one or two things that they do. They're very flat, and they do kind of the same thing against run as they do against pass, which means they'll be able – the Cowboys will be able to lean on Zeke a lot in this game again because ultimately, like they did, you know, when they started their four-game win streak, the Cowboys, like, Zeke had, like, five million yards in that one and two touchdowns. So, ultimately, they're, it's because their defense doesn't – Jim Schwartz – has not been able to use what he's got left, which isn't much, to make a lot of different interesting formations to stop opposing offenses. Yeah, and meanwhile, the Cowboys' defense has been fast, fantastic. Uh-huh. Uh, linebacking core led by Van Der Esch and Smith has been great. Demarcus Lawrence, of course, has always been a load to slow down in the pass rush. Just so you know, uh, uh, if Sean Lee's healthy, he's coming back. Even better. He'll be out there <laughs> for a quarter. Right? That was probably mean. No, I think what's gonna. I think this is like a like a. Hey, he's still got so much. He's the best when he's out there. I'm gonna trade him away in the off season. Would make sense. I just don't know what his value is. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah. so hard. You know, he's a great player when he's on the field. Yeah. Uh, and the last part of that sentence is the more important yep. part. All right, is that everything? For I that think one? so. All right, let's move on. Steelers at Raiders. Wow, Steelers favored by 11, and you're taking the points. Mm-hmm. The points. That's crazy talk. I'm not taking the. I'm not taking the Raiders. I'm taking the Steelers win in 74.1 percent of the simulations. Well, of course. <laughs> I only have 29, 21 in this one. Part of I the might reason give why them 21 in this thing. You might give who 21? The Raiders. You're gonna give them 21 points. Yeah, they're bad. They've averaged they 24.3 really in their past three games. 
Yep. Okay, let's go through those past. Ready? <laughs> go through those past three games. Yep. Would you like to do that? I All right, would, let's actually. Do it. Here we go. Past three games for the Raiders. Chiefs. One against the worst defense I've watched all season, the Chiefs. They scored 33. Before that, they scored 17 against a Baltimore team that basically put them away. I mean, it was 34-7 to on that. They had an interception. They had a punt return. They just went back-to-back-to-back scores. And then the Raiders got a cheap score there. And then they beat Arizona, a team that the Chargers scored 45 unanswered. I didn't say the Raiders were the Chargers. I just think they're going to score 21 points. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, they're going to lose this keep game by three touchdowns. Okay. Three, is, tw- you're giving me 21 points. Okay, yeah, I'll do that. They will lose Let's this game that. by three. They have no pass rush. They're secondary. You want to you want me you want me to play that little uh, stupid game that sports this, this here's a little secret for sports talk. I'll pull back the curtain and I'll make this real quick. When somebody doesn't know what they're talking about, they just start going through names. They'll be like, "Hey, look, what do I think of Raiders uh, Steelers? How about this? How about uh, how about Nick Nelson? You know, uh, Carl <laughs> Joseph, Daryl Worley. I like Carl uh, okay. Joseph. He's good. Uh, Jonathan Hankins, huh? Okay. How about how about Frosty Rucker? Okay. Now you know what I'm talking about. That's what guys do, and gals when they don't know what the hell they're talking about. Uh, so yes, I I do I suspect they will generate almost zero pressure on Ben and yeah, Antonio ben, Brown. But and sometimes Ben just does some strange things. Like I does. saw a lot of single coverage on Antonio Brown, and Ben was like, you know it. what? I'm not going to do. I'm not going to throw it to Antonio Brown. No. I'm going to overthrow Justin Hunter by 10 yards, and, even though he's wide open in the end zone. And you know what else is going to be a great idea? Let's put a linebacker and a safety on, on Keenan who? Allen. Who are they going to put it on in this game? <laughs> who are they going to put a linebacker on that's going to torture Jordy the Nelson. Exactly. Jared Cook. Exactly. He's going to take his rascal to the 10-yard out. Oh, my gosh. He's a rascal. All right. What else you got in this one? Anything? Pick up Jalen Samuels. I, by the way, it's, yeah, that, it's, it, I'm glad you mentioned that. I don't know if I, I, don't know if I buy that. Um, as, as a, it's playoffs for fantasy, and I picked him up in our league, and I don't think I'm going to play did him. Did you do and it? Here's why. Let's be honest. Did you do it just so that Fabs couldn't, or did you do it? Well, he's, he's not even in our playoff, so oh, okay. he, you know, what does it matter, right? right, he's, right. he's out. The expert's out again. <laughs> um, no, I, I picked him up just because, heck, if, I probably shouldn't have. I probably should have let Akbar pick him up so he would then start him. Um, that would have – because the Steelers don't run the ball. They, they just – they don't do it. They, they just throw it all over the place. I mean, it's like watching Mike Leach in Washington State. It's an air raid. Uh, they are not interested in running a balanced offense. Uh, you look at those James Conner giant point totals – and they're coming on almost no carries. So that's why I would say be careful. I know Jalen Samuels had a touchdown last week, um, and they were using him pretty much as the number one ahead of Ridley when uh, when James Conner left the game. But they just don't run enough. That's my only fear is, is, is they're going to throw it around and you're not going to get enough carries or touches for him to give you the 15 points that you're hoping to replace with the injury to James Conner. I'm more concerned about – the fact that, well, first of all, it's the Raiders, so if there is a time to play him, it would be against the league's worst yeah, rushing Yeah, it's like the worst defense. rush defense in the league. Right. So that's what they should do, that's but I don't they know why do. they don't. But I also kind of like the fact that, I mean, look, there was a little kerfuffle about whether Jalen Samuels was a tight end or not because he's listed there somewhere, but ultimately what that proves to me is that he's versatile. So the fact that you could have him on the field, if you get in this position where you are desperate, I'm not saying he's a tier one running back. I'm Nope, not saying that, but it's what are your other options? So yeah, they, uh, obviously it depends right. on what your options are. I'm just saying. But if I you think, think for this if you're only like, going to hey, play gotta... him for one week, if you're only going to play him for one week, like in a daily situation, that might be the one. 
this would be the week. I don't know. See, because I'm just. But think about the value there. Same think about the value. You know what I I'm saying? I have the exact same conundrum. <laughs> um, and I just, I don't know if I'm going to do it. As bad as that Raiders defense is against the run, I just, man, I wish they, I wish I would see it. I wish I'd see him run the ball more, you know, and be convinced, like, okay, they can balance this out. Big Ben can rest his arm for a week because he's got to take on the Patriots next week. Let's run the ball 25 times, gash the god awful Raiders defense, and, uh, and win us a football game. See, now I'm talking myself into it because that makes too much sense. Well, I'm it makes more way too much I'm, sense for them to do that. This is more to me. This is more a nod to like, if I'm only getting him this week and I don't have to worry about the future, this is the week that I would. Who would you only start? Would you start him. Austin Eckler? Or would you start Jalen Samuels? I would start Austin Eckler in that situation. See, that's my position. But I'm talking Kamara about for people who only play in one week. They draft for one week. They play for one week. That's it. All right. All right, Falcons, Packers. Falcons, Packers, Packers favored by Boring. six. All right, we're going to go quick in this one, too. Packers win 64.6% of the simulations. I have a close scoring game in this one, 28-24. I think that that's going to be, if the magic number is 49, I think that you're going to most likely to go over that. 54.2% of the simulations. Not super overwhelming, but something to, to note for fantasy purposes. Why? Falcons, bad defense. Aaron Rodgers actually my number one quarterback. Closer game than I thought, and you can take Aaron Jones, too. That's kind of the overview there. Yeah, and I think also bump. You get that interim coach bump. Yep. You know, it was clear that that thing had run its course, and typically when you have an interim coach, they win. You know, in basketball, they win their first three, four games. People yep. get excited, and then they lose their next 15. You're like, oh, yeah, that's right. This team stinks. And Falcon um, defense doesn't get pressure, so all good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's go uh, Colts at Texans. The Big Colts deal scored here. exactly zero points last week. You have the Texans favored by four and a half. The key point total, 49, but you have... Well, I have the Texans winning in 57.7% of the simulations. Most likely score, Texans 27-24. Close scoring, both teams. Lots of points. If 49 is your magic number, more points than that in 65... Or at 60, what was it? 69.3% of the simulations pretty in that number. one. Yeah, it Almost went up, 70% actually. It went up, actually. On the number. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Okay. Why Texans? No Marlon Mack, though. I think we might be down Marlon Mack in this one. You're not concerned about that. I'm concerned about it, but I'm not. It's not going to change much. Um, Texans defense top four in effective pressures in the past week. Effective pressures are just pressures that have caused either a turnover or something that has changed the course of the game. A checkdown, a turnover, something that changed the course of no big play, shorter play, something like that. And the Colts offense anomaly last week. Points per game anomaly. You know, 27.1 is their average now, even after that zero last week. And third down, they were number one. Now they're number two. That's a big deal. But it's it's it was one week off. So we're going back. This is a big deal. I think I'm going Texans. Do it. Oh, I took Texans. I, just, I, I look Texans at it and I, I, I don't know. I don't know if you, when you look at the when you look at the Colts win streak, right? So they lose to Cincinnati to open the season. They beat the the Redskins in Washington. Then. Lose to Philly, lose to Houston on a dumb play by Frank Reich that very well might cost him a playoff spot, that fourth down going for it. Lose to the Patriots, lose to the Jets. Who do they beat? You know, they beat Buffalo, they beat the Raiders, they beat the Jags, they beat the Titans. I didn't make this Miami. What I'm getting at is they didn't beat anybody. They didn't beat anybody with a dynamic offense. And I just, I feel like this Texans offense is really humming right now. Um, And you combine that with a dominant defense. I think they get this one by a touchdown. The Colts' defense is good, especially it's, good. it's making people one-dimensional, right? They're going to have to pass, which obviously you can pass on with that. DeAndre Hopkins is great. You know, they have great pass catchers, but making it one-dimensional makes it harder. Deshaun Watson, you've seen what happens if he gets too much pressure. So I, I don't – like, don't underestimate the Colts' defense. All right. All right. We All right. disagree. Finally. Good. Got one that we disagree on. Good. I'll uh, 
Actually, we've been disagreeing a lot today. Yeah, we do. Got, but you're uh, saying more than four and a half points win for Texans. Yeah. Okay. I think they win by a touchdown. Good. Pats at Dolphins. Pats favored by seven and a half. And this is usually the game that gets them. This is like, uh, go to Miami. Eric. The Dolphins could have one win going into week 15, and they end up getting the Patriots in this one. Patriots win in 60.8% of the simulations. Right now, the most likely score, 27-21. So that's not seven and a half. That's less than that. Not significantly less. It's a really going to, it's a really like, it's it's a really, I don't know why I said it like that, but it's really going to come down to who's more effective at rushing the ball. Miami's past three games, they've allowed 6.23 yards per rush. New England past two games, over six yards per carry allowed. Keep an eye on Xavier Howard in this one. That's going to make a difference. If Xavier Howard's playing that well, that's, I have Xavier Howard factored into it right, right now. now. Banged up. Not great. When you see what happens when Minka isn't playing safety, when he's playing on the outside, when Minka Fitzpatrick's playing corner, he's not. That's not his position. It's not. It doesn't work out for them as well. So the the secondary is one to watch in this one to make sure that it it doesn't shift the score a little bit. You got a Gronk touchdown or no? Yep, he's been I pretty do. Pretty bad this year. Gronk you do? touchdown. Yep. Okay. Sony Michelle touchdown. Sony Michelle touchdown. Josh Gordon touchdown. No sir. Uh, Chris Hogan touchdown. No sir. Julian Edelman touchdown. Yes sir. Okay. <laughs> Done. All right. It's just a, it's a, you know, it's fun. It's a fun exercise to play. Yeah. Because it's, Absolutely. Uh, last week was the Chris Hogan game. But then again, again, the Xavier Howard stuff could change all of that. So yeah. that's with Xavier play. All right. Let's go Jets at Bills. Woo. There's I a like that burner. Josh Allen. You know that. I've been pushing the Josh Allen, Allen, as your Allen. Fantasy, as your fantasy streamer this week. Yep. All those rushing yards. If you got a real bad matchup that's freaking you out, I'm okay with Josh Allen. The Jets are favored by three and a half. It's an aggressive. Oh, it's an aggressive that's, amount. That seems extremely aggressive. Yep. I have the Bills winning in 55.5% of the simulations, but just by – so 21-19. So just by two. So it's a close game. Why Darnold v. Allen? That's – that's kind of a that that kind of sums it up. It's like a it's a it's potential for turnovers. I did take a look at it. The Bills have 18 turnovers. The Jets have. Let me let me just jump in here because I defense. I read it wrong. It's uh, Bills by three and a half. Yes, you are correct. The Bills are yes. favored by Bills three and a half. Correct. By three and a half. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so, so I have Bills go. by so two. So you have the Bills winning, but you have I have the Bills the, winning, uh, but just by two. There you go. Two got points. It. It's got a it. close game. Yep. Okay. Darnold v. Allen. First round draft picks, and I think look, separated by a couple spots. It doesn't seem like a high scoring game, but if that if you've got a low magic number to get across, this is one of those things that could go over that with two electric quarterbacks. I mean, I do like the quarterbacks. I just think I'm the going, supporting cast is crazy. And I told you, Robbie yards, Anderson. I'm going 100 yards rushing and 200 yards passing for Josh Allen. And okay. Touchdowns. How about that? Perfect. So what does that give me? That gives me ten. It gives you like sixteen thousand points. Like twenty. That gives me like twenty-six points. Perfect. Twenty-six points for an interception. So twenty-four points. Okay. Okay. Keep him honest. You know. Exactly. Broncos (laughs) at Forty Niners right now. The Broncos favored by five and a half. But remember that could that very well could change uh, because they lost Emmanuel Sanders. I don't think it'll change all that much. I think it'll be like four or four and a half. Yeah. Who's playing in this one? So Emmanuel Sanders. Gone. Chris Harris Jr. Gone. Brita out. No Jimmy Ward. Jimmy Garoppolo not playing. So this is a this is a tricky one. Um, I have the Broncos winning in 54.4 percent of the simulations. The most likely score 24-21 with Emmanuel Sanders playing and 23 percent of their offensive targets playing. That was Emmanuel Sanders 27-21 and now it's down. So really it's just Philip Lindsay because of the Denver's O line ability to block for him in the run game. It's pretty much it. 
That's what I got for Yeah, you. and I just think of all the excitement about Nick Mullins is now over. Oh, aren't they brilliant? C.J. Beathard and Nick Mullins, and they got all this trade capital, and they're going to be able to bring picks back because teams are going to want them. No. No, it was just one game. <laughs> One game that, if you're going to uh, have the Matt Flynn game, you need to have it later in the season exactly. because then you can trade him away. You can't have it Instead, too early. Instead, exactly. discover, oh, yeah, he's really not that good. <laughs> so I go Nick Mullins versus uh, Bradley Chubb and Von Miller, and see ya. I'll uh tempted to play the Broncos' defense in this one even without Chris Harris to uh, to get after. But at San Francisco, nah, I think I'll start the Chargers' D. See, I'm working through my playoffs here. I like here. it. This is I would start the Chargers' D as well. Yeah. All right, let's go uh, big one here. Rams at Bears, Sunday night football. Rams going into Chicago against the number one defense uh, in the league. It's going to be very cold. I would guess late at night you get the wind whipping off Lake Michigan, the lake effect and all of that. I love Chicago. uh, Don't miss that. You got, uh, I should say, the number four scoring defense, the number four scoring, the number four total defense, not one, uh, in the Bears. So what do we got? The Rams Rams favored by three? Yep, Rams win in 57.2, but I only have them winning by two points, so 27-25. So Bears plus a a field goal in 56% of the simulations. So that's... That's an interesting – I thought it would be higher scoring just given the two and then I guess you factor the weather and the travel, everything. But what it came down to to me is really interesting. Um, two things. The first, the Rams' defense, the way that you target them is by rushing in the middle, so behind your offensive center. And the Bears don't really do that. So the Rams give up 5.8 yards per rush to when opposing rushers rush behind their center. And the Bears don't really do that. They're bottom five in attempts and bottom fives in yards per attempt. So that's the first kind of problem and then the second problem is that the Rams use 11 so according to PFF they use it 96% of the time when I watch it's an overwhelming percent of the time in fact I can't remember not seeing them use 11 and the Bears use always three receivers exactly exactly so the Bears use five defensive backs all the time as well their base defense includes is nickel basically so 77.2% of their snaps that's the sixth highest rate in the NFL. And they only allow 5.2 yards per play in nickel. So that's the third lowest in the NFL. So ultimately, it's we're going to have to see we're going to have to see what happens here. I still have Todd Gurley as being the difference maker in this one, but I do think the Bears will slow the Rams, not stop them, slow them. Yeah, I think you know, And by the this, way, that's what one... Trubisky playing. Just in case. Yeah, and I think he's going to. I think so this, too, but I just want to reiterate one, that. Um, I'd feel the same way if Chase Daniel was playing this one, too, by the I way. You love Chase I think, Daniel. Um, to me, I think watching Ziggy Anson, what he was able to do to the Rams, to Jared Goff, and really just kind of get him off a little bit, I think that's – that I think forecasts well for the Bears, mm-hmm. right? Because as good as Ziggy is if for the Bears, you know, you not only have Khalil Mack, you have Akeem Hicks. I mean, you've got a nasty front. You've got Roquan Smith in the middle of that field. You've got defensive backs that can run with some of these receivers. I mean, they are number one against – Big plays. Uh, you just do not get big plays, and that is what the Rams feast on. So, I'm, I, man, I can't. This, this, I think, is the toughest game to figure out this week because it's hard for me to envision the Bears being able to keep up offensively. That's how. And I it's also too. hard for me to envision Jared Goff not being affected by a night game in Chicago with a defense that really beats the hell out of you. Um, so, I think I'm a lean Bears. I think again, I'm going to do the, what I said, what I did with the Ravens. I think both defenses get it this week. Okay. Um, so I'm gonna, yeah, I'll go. Uh, I'll be, I'd feel a lot better if 
Jordan Howard were running right at Aaron Donald, and he had been effective all season long because it's Aaron right Donald had zero interest Sue. in stopping that's the run. Who, that's, who's, that's who you can run against, Sue. That's what you do. I mean, well, and Dominican Sue's not stopping the run either. He's Every guy on that defensive line is just pinning their ears back and Sue trying to like, get sacks. What does my contract say? Oh, I only get a sack bonus. Okay, I don't care yeah, if we run against Exactly. Me. Same Got with it. Brockers. He's running up the field. Every one Great. of those guys, Ebukam, Littleton, all those guys, just they just rush the passer. They have mm-hmm. no concern about stopping the run whatsoever. It's hilarious to watch. All right, let's go to uh, Stray Dogs is what we like to call them. These are the dogs that you like to not only do better than the number, but to win the game. Win the game. And you've only got one. Got one. Panthers or Browns. Yeah, I think the Browns are going to upset the Panthers. Panthers are favored by two. I have the Browns winning in 51% of the simulations. Most likely score 25-23. So that means big time take the other side of that. Um, Ultimately, the difference here is, look, They've had the the defense for the Panthers has one takeaway in the past four weeks. They played the Bucks last week, who have the most turnovers in the league. They've got thirty, and it kind of went the other way. Kim had four turnovers in weeks one through nine. This Panthers defense was able to have fifteen takeaways. That was a lot different. So their first eight games over, you know, almost two takeaways per game. In the past four, one total. So that's a huge difference. No Olson. I'd like to push back. Um, especially after watching what the Browns did last week. It just seemed like everybody got awfully excited about Baker uh, after the Atlanta game and the Cincinnati game, and it's just like, eh, gets a really good defense. It's going to be a little bit tougher to do. The Falcons and the, the Bengals' defense are two of the worst in the league. Panthers aren't great, but they're not terrible. Um, you know what? Mm. You know what they're being haunted by here? They have a they had a week four by the Panthers, and there's a very good chance that they're this is kind of the week four beat up haunt, right? Like it's better yeah. the uh, the Browns had a week ten by, so that's a little more fresh, and obviously they got a lot of changes there, so it's just a different situation. But the week four by is a little haunting, so that's that's something to to note. Yeah, I'll take the Panthers. I'll still take them. All right, so we agree by a field goal. That okay. means uh, not only they, they belong in Freeland's favorites. You ready? You already got one well, confidence I didn't put pick. Them do you count there. the? That's not me. Do you count the quick pick as your confidence pick or no? No, we'll do three. We'll give you three different do ones. Three more. All right. What yep. do we got? All right. I think that New Orleans wins big. Okay. Okay. I think that um, it stays a closer game in Indianapolis versus Houston, so Indy keeps it closer. These are high confidence pick things, everybody. And then I think that in Pittsburgh and Oakland, it's a low scoring game total. I think I might disagree with two of those three. Which two? Uh, I you think, think Houston rolls. Texans win by a touchdown, and I think uh, Pitt puts up like a 50 spot, you know, on the Raiders by default. Because well, you know what? That would still not be a ton of points. No, I think the Raiders, much like they did last week when they were humiliated, or not last week, uh, two weeks ago against the Ravens, they'll just end up getting, you know, 14 garbage points in there as well. Okay, well. That's what my uh, guess would be. I'm going, I'm going Hey, you're lower. the smart one here. I'm the idiot. Nope. So. We'll celebrate your successes because you've been really good with the confidence picks as of late. All right. All right, let's bring them in. Cynthia, now that your confidence picks have been shared, we get to our playoff percentages. And for that, we've got a special friend that's going to join us, right? Well, nobody does better research at NFL Network than Bill Smith. So I thought I I'd bring him in. And unfortunately for Bill, one of his many talents is hurting the train wreck tornado whatever that i am with all this math and has to like figure it out so i okay. thought so who'd bill, be better? bill has earned an appearance on the pod Bill's the best because Nobody's of all better. the crap he puts up with from you <laughs> is what we're saying right yes, basically, basically. basically. <laughs> all right 
So, Bill, let's uh, let's go through it. NFC playoff percentages. Cynthia, you're going to walk us through, and Bill's going to weigh in. How you want to do this? So, I think we'll just go really quick with it, and base okay. and tell you the like. Look, the bottom line is the one the people who are really still viable are the Rams locked. Then it's like Saints, Bears, Cowboys, Seahawks, Vikings, and then probably not the Eagles. But the result of the Dallas and Eagles game this week will be the. E- well, but also, just real quick, yeah. let's not forget what that what that Viking schedule looks like. Absolutely. They're at Seattle, and then they got to finish in Chicago. Or they they got to finish with Chicago. So. I oh, think yeah. we give them the edge over Miami at Detroit and Chicago at home. But at the same time, they lose this. They're 6-6-1. Six, six, and one. You know, if the Absolutely. Panthers win, if the Eagles win now, that makes it a lot tougher for them to get in. If the Panthers so, lose to the Browns, I mean, if the Panthers lose to the Browns this week, they're effectively done. They're done. They're done. I'm with so you. that's really going to be – so the Vikings fans want to be cheering for the Browns because that's that will help them. The Panthers' four-game skid really changed everything for them. So Bill will tell you what he thinks is interesting about this because I look at it too much. The biggest point after last week is the Cowboys won a game against the Saints that they were not expected to win. So that throws sort of a wrench in her model. The Cowboys went from just over 50% to make the playoffs all the way up to 68%. Now, they play another big game this week. If they defeat the Eagles, they are now 75% to make the playoffs with the Eagles all the way down from currently 60% down to 25. So her model almost has this as an elimination game for the Eagles. And on the flip side of that, with the Saints losing, the Rams now go back to the number one seed So one of the things I wanted her to look at this week is the percentage chance for the Rams and the Saints to win the NFC overall as the one seed with home field advantage throughout versus if they were the two seed where they had to most likely travel to the other. So when I did that, so I I just took the first six, so I stopped it after the Vikings just because I had to figure it out somewhere, right? So I drew a line after the six that we mentioned there, and then I ran it Rams in the one spot and then then Saints in the one spot. And in my model, the winner of that is six. It swings it 6%, which is like a gigantic swing. So six full percent to win the entire NFC in that, which is like – how many often do we no, get six percent anything? And, and I think it, you know, just historically speaking, if you look at what the Saints do in the Superdome versus not in the Superdome, it's a giant, I mean, a giant difference. You you let Drew Brees get after it in New Orleans, and it is a big difference from asking him to go on the road and win a game. And the Bears could be the only non-warm weather or non-indoor host in a, in the NFC. It's right. very likely. And we could have like weird rematches, like kind of right. in strange spots. Yeah, which, like you said, non-warm weather. Yeah, so uh, I Dallas mean, LA, inside, Dallas Rams, inside, West Coast, Saints a dome. Yep. Vikings indoors. Cowboys inside. Yeah. Well, because Vikings wouldn't host it, right? So Cowboys, like, it could be the no, only one. It could be the only one that is outside, and that would be a big, a big, a big deal, especially if it wasn't like the Seahawks. Unless that came it was there. a Vikings Seahawks NFC Championship game, oh, then man. Seattle would host it outdoors in Seattle. How about that? That's crazy. That's you know what? Impossible. Mm-hmm. All not right, impossible. It's not impossible. Um, on the AFC side, I mean, I think, Bill, you, what's what's interesting there? I look at this too much. So the AFC side right now, the Chiefs in the one spot projected to get the one seed, then the Patriots, the Texans, the Steelers. And for all the purposes, the Chargers, Ravens, and Colts are vying for the two 
wild card spots with the Chargers mostly solidified and then the Ravens and Colts both above 50% overall to get in the playoffs, but they're very close right now. The one thing I want to ask Cynthia about is the Colts, Broncos, Titans, and Dolphins are all 6-6 six and six right now, but she has the Colts around 50% to get in and the other three teams all under 20 so why is there that such a disp- yeah, disparity to me. between four teams that have the same record? So the first thing to note is the Broncos, they lost Chris Harris Jr. and Emmanuel Sanders this week, so that changed both their offensive and defensive outlook. So that is part of the reason why their remaining matchups, they went down to lower win percentages and what's left. The Titans, if they win this game, they're in much better shape um, on Thursday, and with some other losses, with some with some help by other teams losing, that's a big a big swing for them. The Dolphins, unfortunately, don't have. I mean, they have the Patriots left. They they don't have a good schedule left for wins. And the Colts really. Who they, I'm sorry. Who doesn't have a schedule for wins? Dolphins. The Dolphins don't. Gotcha. Yeah. Yep. And then if you look to see between the so the Chargers could actually we can get into a second but the Chargers are have a higher percentage of get, making it in than the Steelers but the Steelers would be ranked higher because they would be a division winner but the Chargers could still win the AFC West just just to make that clear but ultimately the the kind of the tie between the Ravens and the Colts is going to come down to if the Colts as an underdog but a close underdog can win one of their next two so this week against Houston or next week at Dallas if they win one of those two because the rest of their schedule after that is very winnable. So those that's it's really like a scheduling, a favorable scheduling going forward situation there. So here's so how about this? Just as someone who is not stared at these numbers like you and Bill have for a while. You tell me I can either take at Houston, Dallas, Giants home, at Tennessee, or Jacksonville home at Giants, Redskins, Colts at home. I lean Titans there. I know they're not a dynamic team, but the defense is solid. Um, to me, that is so much of an easier schedule than having to deal with the Cowboys and the the Houston Texans in Houston for the Titans. And then when you put the Broncos in there as well, yeah, they have the Chargers in the final week of the season, but they get the 49ers and Raiders on the road and Cleveland at home. Like, to me, that's just bang, nine wins for me there, even without Manny Sanders. And just because that pass rush is so good, you know, you can help Bradley Roby can, can it really helps to have a good pass rush though. Bradley Roby alone's hard, right? I mean, it really helps with your pass rush. If you have two corners that are scary for people. So that makes a big difference. So, but I, I do think the wild cards probably the most interesting thing left in the AFC bill made me write an article for NFL.com. You can go and read about the eight most important games left in determining who's going to make it to the playoffs or who isn't. Oh, and, and by the way, I'd also like to point out, yeah. it doesn't matter because nope. I don't think any of those teams are overtaking the Ravens or the Steelers in that wild card. I think I think those are your. T- I think the way you have it locked right now is what it's going to look like, except for maybe if the the however that Chargers Chiefs Thursday night or plays out that could dictate. I'm not going to lie to you. Division. There's a scenario where the Steelers drop out too. Like the Steelers. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because I don't mean the to like. Saints I'm not to be like Patriots, Debbie Downer here, but Saints Patriots Patriots Week 15 Steelers. That's a really big game. And then That's a good point. So it's not when you see that seven, eight, nine kind of log jam there, it's not really as much about the Ravens as it is like I mean, it, it's very possible AFC North only sends one. And that that's kind of shocking. But you've seen some strange things from the Steelers. Strange. But in order for that to happen, one of those teams has to win out. Yep. 
Because right. remember, they have the tie. So if they just go two and two, they're nine, six, and one. That means either the Colts, the Broncos, the Titans, or the Dolphins have to win out. You have to project them to win all four of their I, that's games. That's why, tonight. unfortunately, for the Dolphins that. fans, that's not. That's what I mean. That's what I don't see. So even though the Steelers have that, that you know, they have to, right. to play the pass at home and go to New Orleans, they can lose both those games and still finish 9-6-1. and one Yeah, but if they drop one final... extra one that's a little weird and could definitely – we've seen – I've just seen with – like, you know, if, they, if James Conner is not able to come back or if something strange happens, which we've seen, it's it's possible. Yeah. Um, that's that's an interesting outcome on that side. Bill, what, what, what am I missing? I think the other big storyline in the AFC is which team will teams will earn the bye weeks. Um, bye weeks historically, especially for a team like the Patriots, have been huge in determining who goes to the Super Bowl. And with the Chiefs, Patriots, Texans, and the Chargers, even though they're not a current division winner, all log jammed there with very close to the same record. How do you see those two those two bye weeks playing out? Yeah, I mean. The Patriots, it's funny because, like, remember last week, everyone's like, oh, the Patriots are just, just gonna, I don't know if they're going to win this game. I don't know what's going to happen. They're not, and then, like, oh, now the Patriots are completely back. But the one thing that really stands out for the Patriots for me is still their punting and the average yards that are starting. Special teams is a big deal. Money, you know a little something about this working for the Chargers. Special teams is, <laughs> is, is can be very problematic and figuring out in the in the Patriots like they also have like thin linebacker core so you've seen injuries you've seen difference there you've also seen a difference with their offensive linemen and I'm including all of their tight ends in there including Gronks because they use them in in different formations a lot so uh, the Patriots are really going to need that extra bit of rest if it it figures in order to be able to overcome some of these other potential matchups. Yeah, I don't know, because I, I can't figure. I, I want to see. I think these next few weeks for the Chiefs are going to be so interesting. You know, it's it's very easy to just lock them into the number one spot because that offense has been so good. One of my big games but, left: Chiefs Chargers. Well, and how about the week after that? Going to Seattle. That is not an easy play. Like a lot of people were dinging the Chargers for their schedule, and now you start to look at it and you're like, you know what? Titans team keeps things tight. They won that game. They went to Seattle. Got to win there. Um, you know, obviously winning in Pittsburgh's their huge one. They needed that one to yep. have that signature win. That was a win, great but, one, yes. But winning in Seattle's not easy. Nope. You know, it does not happen often, and the Chargers were able to do that, and they, they should have won that game by a lot more. Remember, that was the Caleb Sturgis tries to give it away, missed a bunch of field goals games. Um, so, what did I say about special teams play? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I think is that that opens the door for New England to once again with games against the, the Dolphins, Bills, Jets to, to finish – you know, twelve and four, thirteen and three. If they can beat Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh and uh, and have the number one yeah, seed again, that Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh game could be a big deal for the Steelers, but it could also be a big deal for the bye. That's a huge game for kind of if the Patriots are going to have that home field advantage. And it'll be interesting if you know, obviously, if the Chiefs you know win out, they're fine. They're the number one seed. But if the Chargers can win out. If they can end up 13-3, and three, I don't know what the tiebreakers would be because they'll end up having two losses in their division. To the, I think that's what it becomes. I think it's in – because they'll both have the exact same record. If the Pats uh, end up winning out and the Chargers win out, they'll both have the same number of losses in conference, uh, two apiece, and then I think it goes to division – which the Chargers, I believe, would lose. Um, and then the Pats would end yeah, up having have the that. number one seed that way as well. I don't know all that off the top of my head. <laughs> the Chiefs yeah. are currently 4-0 in the AFC West, so they would just have the one division loss. 
Exactly. So they would have to lose. I mean, they have to lose two. They've got to lose either to the Ravens this week at Seattle along with losing to the Chargers because they will win by virtue of their perfect record. Uh, or they would only have one loss in the division. The Chargers would have two, the Chiefs and the Broncos. So well, that there would be a tiebreaker there. See, we figured out all the world's problems. Bill, is there anything? We talked through it. Is there any one of the games in my model that you think is wrong? For this week? Yep. The Browns and Panthers game, I think, is a little tricky. Um, I know your model heavily weights the last four games for a team, Mm -hmm. which is a good thing. Do you you know why the model does that? Because that's it. what teams look at. The team, like coaches, typically look at about four games worth of four past games worth of film. That's the most common number. So now that you have the Panthers with a four-game losing streak, the streak and the momentum that they're on, I feel like may be weighted a little too heavily in the model at this point. Too mean. So you think the you think the Panthers win? I think the Panthers can win this game. Yes. Can or do? I think do? the Panthers can win it. I think the Panthers will win this game. Okay. All right. All right. Fine. Both of you. Take the cats. I'll take fine. an orange thing that looks like a dog. Dogs over cats. Orange. Dogs over cats. Have fun. Have fun. <laughs> I like dogs. I don't like cats. Nobody likes exactly. cats. Exactly. Well, you guys pick the cats and I pick the dogs. So there you I go. I like a panther, though. I like a panther. I like a jungle <laughs> cat. All right? I don't like a domestic cat. I like a jungle cat. I'll take that. Domestic, I'll take a dog. Jungle, give me a cat. Awesome. They dominate. And especially in a fight, by the way. I'll take a cat over a dog all day. I'm just talking about who do I want to hang out with? I want to hang out with a dog. But if you're asking me who I want to win a fight, I'll take the cat. Cats are nasty, man. They'll get after you. Because I don't like them. All right, is that it? <laughs> what? I don't know. I just, imagine you getting in a we fight with a cat. Today. It's just really funny. Yeah, we went really yeah, long. We got to go. Way long. All right, everybody. Thank right. you uh, for night. downloading, listening, streaming, and we appreciate you and your reviews and your ratings and passing along to friends through social media, interacting with us through social media, specifically Cynthia, because I got very little to say to you. Oh. Say, you <laughs> shut up already. It's about all I get when it comes to this podcast. So, all right, that's uh, that. That's that. That is uh, happy week fourteen. And remember, if you take nothing else away from this. My teeth are going to be straight. Thanks so for straight. Candidco.com slash game theory. Take the journey with me. That's what I want you to take away. All right. Thanks, everybody. Uh, and to Sean Shoppy and Mark Brady as well, because they were, eh, they were okay. <laughs>